Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is the Slow Poisoner. I come to you from the future with these words of warning. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 99. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. Hi, I'm George Takei. You know me as Helmsman Sulu on Star Trek. When I'm not busy going Warp Factor 8, I like to beam down to Lee's Comics and spend a lazy afternoon reading comics classics from Marvel to DC, from Dark Horse to Fantagraphics, and everything in between. So please, spend some time here at Lee's Comics and spend your hard-earned cash. <coughs> Lee's Comics eBay store is still going strong with over 10,000 vintage comics, the majority of which are now on sale. For half off, choose from Lee's huge stock of golden, silver, bronze, and modern age comics, and specializing in Silver Age Marvel titles. You can count on friendly service, accurate grading, and quick, secure shipping backed by a money-back guarantee. To check out Lee's eBay store, go to eBay. Click Advanced Search to the left of the search bar, scroll down to Sellers, and enter Lee's Comics Inc., period. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Lee's Comics is shipping daily with no delays. New items daily. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast and get a free bonus gift. Long title, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Song One by One by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. Hey, Michael, it says here we've written another book about the monkeys. Wasn't the first one enough? Not at all, Mark. Our original book, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Songs One by One, was very successful, but only covered half the story. Which half? The group half. Our new book, Headquartered, A Timeline of the Monkey's Solo Years, covers the solo half. Who knew the monkeys record so many solo albums? Not only that, but this book covers all of their solo projects, including stage shows, horse racing, running record labels, directing and starring in TV shows and movies, voice acting, and jail. Jail? Did the monkeys go to jail? Ah, you have to read the book to find out. You've sold me. Have you sold them? Who, who, who's them? Those people out there listening to this. Well, listen to this! 
This book has discographies, photos, and other information about the Prefab Four, Mickey, Davy, Peter, and Mike, the Solo Monkeys, plus another nifty cover by Scott Shaw. Wow, he did our last cover, and this one's equally good. Where can you get this masterpiece? Announcer. Announcer? That's me. <clears throat> get headquartered. A Timeline of the Monkey Solo Years, written by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. Those two guys. It's available in hardback, paperback, or ebook from BearManorMedia.com or from Amazon. Get your copies today. Cool. I'm going to get one today. No news about my various book projects. Just please take the time to purchase my books on Harvey Comics, The Beatles, The Chipmunks, The Monkeys, Disney, Pink Panther, Underdog, Jack Davis, John Severin, Cracked Magazine, and Dance the Menace. They make great gifts. All are available on Amazon. Most are available through Bear Manor Media, and most are in hardback, paperback, and ebook. Today's guest is an animation expert who also creates her own crafty items. Here she is, Alexis Haina. Okay, on the phone today we have Alexis Haina. How are you today? Hey, doing great. Glad to be here. Very good. And uh, usually how we start out on these conversations is I just ask, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in animation. Oh, I've been an, am an I should say, an amateur uh, animation historian for some time. Grew up watching cartoons, and that love has never died out. I've got a huge collection of animation, a uh, handful of DVDs that you actually do commentary on. Ooh. So, so actually talking to you is just a little on the surreal side. <laughs> but uh, Animaniacs has always been one of my favorites. I remember being a kid, coming up from school, throwing my backpack in the middle of the hall, turning on the TV, just sitting down and watching Animaniacs and Tiny Toons and loving it. I remember my parents coming in and watching Animaniacs with me. They love the good feathers because they thought that was just so surreal that there was a, a cartoon making fun of that kind of stuff. They were just like, oh, my God, no kid is going to get what the God Pigeon jokes are. <laughs> you know, um, I don't have kids, but I got to introduce Animaniacs to my friends' kids. I had DVDs, and I'd loan it to them. And then I remember calling a friend of mine saying, so how do, you, how do the kids like? And they'd be like, they haven't stopped singing the monkey song. What have you done to us? <laughs> and I'm just snickering, going, hee, 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 hee. Yeah, you got to put up with it. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, for me, I was already an adult when uh, the show came on. And I hate to say, you know, I've always kept up with animation as best I could. Uh, but I hate to say, I didn't like Tiny Toon Adventures. So I just said, oh, this is too derivative of the Looney Tunes. And it's just not that good. I mean, there are good episodes. I've seen a lot of it since. But at the time, I just said, eh. And so when Animaniacs came along, I was just like, you know, I don't care. You know, it's like it's just more of the same. And it was I, I was actually young adult. I was early 20s, and I got a job at a TV station, KBHK, Channel 44 in San Francisco. And a coworker of mine, he says, oh, you got to watch this Animaniacs stuff. It's the funniest thing ever. I go, yeah, 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 yeah. And one of our assignments working at the station was I had to watch the other channels and uh, just kind of see what they're airing in commercials and things like that. Well, you know, <laughs> I started watching it, but I started laughing out loud, and my boss is like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm getting a little too entertained by uh, <laughs> the cartoons 
and I fell in love with it from there. So. <laughs> now, anyone who hasn't watched Animaniacs, well, I don't know what the heck is wrong with you. That thing has been a staple of the 90s. It's a staple of animation. It is just some of the funniest stuff that I think we have ever seen put out for kids. Not to mention it's a voice uh, actor's gold mine. And, you know, going into the reboot, I really am happy to see that they kept majority of the main cast. We had Rob Paulson, Tress McNeil, Jess Harnell, and Marisa Marsh come back, and it's great to hear them do these classic voices again. Even if they do sound a little older, I think in some of the songs you can hear, it's like, okay, Rob Paulson obviously can't hit those high notes like he used to, but it still sounds great. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I it, at least he's here. I mean, I don't know if you ever have heard him on other podcasts in the last couple of years. He had a little bout with cancer there, so uh, right. got a little dicey. Yeah. So, you know, it's like I'm glad he was able to make it for this reboot. And Absolutely. He's one of my favorite voice actors. I have made it my life's goal to be able to sing the nations of the world from verbatim, and I get about halfway, and then I start tripping. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I still love a couple of years ago, he re, he did it live, and he was able to remember, and I'm just like, oh, my God, how do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's amazing. You know, it's like, uh, and they did a bunch of those on that show. I mean, it wasn't just that. Uh didn't they do the States of the Union as well on another one? And uh, uh, states, uh, yeah, states and all the capitals. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know a lot of kids who actually credit the songs from Animaniacs for how they got through various history classes. Right, and of course we have to pay tribute. You, you may not know this, but uh, uh, that's kind of borrowing from uh, comedian Tom Lehrer because he did this thing uh, called the Elements, where he did the periodic table. And uh, sung to the tune of, um, what's that song called, the Major General or whatever from, you know, the Pirates of Penzance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That, that's one of those patter songs that y you either know it or you don't. Yeah, so, I mean, so it goes, there's uh, gold and silver and selenium and that, 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 you know, something like that. I don't know it, that one either, but anyway, but I'm sure they had that in mind when they were doing the countries of the world and things like that, you know, which I thought was great. You know, I wasn't like, darn those guys, they just ripped him off. You know, I'm sure, uh, Tom Lehrer was there in spirit. So. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that song taking off so much that in later years they had to redo it because a lot of people pointed out, it's like, A, you forgot a handful of countries, and B, some of those countries aren't countries anymore. I remember that <laughs> more, that some countries aren't countries anymore, and it's like, oops, dated, but then uh, lots of references are dated. Um, um, I don't know if you're friends with, and I just interviewed him on the previous episode, uh, Matthew LeBlanc, you might be on Facebook, and... I'm not sure if I'm friends with him or not. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I know that there was a discussion on uh, the animation uh, his, the cartoon research board that we both frequent yeah. about whether or not this Animaniacs would be um, as topical and reference as much current pop culture. And somebody on there said, please no, because I want the last few years to just die and go away. <laughs> To which I said, um, I just watched an episode of Pinky and the Brain where Pinky runs for president against Bob Dole and Bill Clinton. Okay, we're not getting away from this. <laughs> but my point is of mentioning Matt is so he had seen the episodes before I had seen any of the new episodes. 
And so I was asking him about it because we, you know, we were actually talking about Disney stuff. And and so I said, well, I have to watch some Animaniacs before I interview my next guest, which is you. And um, he said, first of all, a, is it any good? He goes, yes. And b. Uh, does Bill Clinton still play the sax? And he goes, well, yeah, but not in the t opening credits anymore. <laughs> and I go, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now that I've seen a couple, yeah, they've changed it quite a bit. I mean, I I'm kind of shocked that they they canned all the other characters except for uh, the Animaniacs characters themselves, you know, Wacko, Yakko, and Dot, and Pinky and the Brain. I was like, Wow. They really know what was popular on the original show, but it's like, it's kind of sad. There's none of the other characters or even some new ones. I don't know. That is a little weird. And I think we do have to briefly touch on the controversy that the original showrunners, Tom Ruger and all of them, found out about this through an announcement online. They were not contacted by the studio. They were not said, they were, there was no offer to them saying, hey, do you want to come back and renew this? They, they, they weren't even given the option. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of them were really unhappy with this, and I don't know the exact reason why. Some are saying it's a money issue. Some are saying it's because the studio wanted to make sure that they separated more from past Animaniacs. They didn't want to worry about retrending. Uh, you know, I, I think it's probably a little column A, column B, but it, it is a little rough because I was always a huge fan of what Tom Ruber and his crew brought. I love their creativity, uh, especially with Animaniacs and Freakazoid. Uh, got Freakazoid on DVD too. Love it. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, while the writing and the jokes on this new series are great, I really do kind of wish we could have had the old writers back because I'm. It would have been fun to hear what they could bring back in this modern age with. Trump and everything to see their take on it. So, right. I, you know, maybe it's a money thing. Maybe, I don't know. But it, I'm not going to lie. It is a little cruddy that they weren't even given the option or they weren't, you know, called or talked to in person that they had to find out online. Right. I mean, you know? yeah, it's kind of a mixed blessing. I'm glad that the new writers can write the thing because I thought the first I heard is that none of the original writers are returning, but the voices are. And I go, oh, crap, this is going to be a ter terrible show, you know, <laughs> because they'll write some stupid standard uh, comedy pap that nobody cares about. It's not funny or topical or anything or whatever that made the other charming. And uh, but they were able to do it, which is good. Except, yeah, I, you know, since I'm a writer myself, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, that's kind of a, you know, bum rap or whatever the word is, you know, it's like, you know, I, yeah, if it's money, well, then I guess they talked about the amount of a job. But, you know, if it's something else like, oh, we don't want older writers, that's kind of unfair, you know, because maybe they would have done it for a pay cut or whatever. Yeah, and I agree with you. There's a handful of other characters that I would have liked to see brought back. Uh, especially, I think the character I think I was most upset was Scott was Slappy Squirrel. Me too. Yes. I loved her, <laughs> loved her to death, and I would love to see. You know, part of the fun of Slappy's character is she's a curmudgeon. She's cranky. She's old, and you look at the, you know how much technology has blossomed in the last twenty years, and you think, oh my god, to hear Slappy's take on smartphones and internet and smart house. Can you imagine an episode where Slappy or when uh, Skippy converts Slappy's tree into a smart house kind of a thing, and Slappy's trying to figure out the voice commands. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. So I don't know if the, there's plans in the future for any of these characters to come back. I mean, there's some I'm glad they didn't bring back. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the hip hippos, 
and I don't know, Ch Chicken Boo is kind of here, neither here nor there. But <laughs> um, I tended well, to like the other ones, and maybe Bernadette Peters was out of the price range. I don't know, but <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do remember them saying that's why uh, Rita and Runt were so scarce in the later seasons of Animaniacs was because uh, flying, like a keeping Bern Bernadette Peters commands a pretty penny, and B they had to keep flying her back from New York to L.A. Mm -hmm. because she was always off because she's on Broadway, and they're just like, yeah, we really can't afford that. <laughs> of course, I, now I now because everybody's kind of. You know, uh, you know, quarantined. I mean, she could do it over s Skype or Zoom or whatever. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> now I hate to admit it, the one that I hated least, and I'm, I know I'm in the minority on this, was um, Mindy and Buttons. And it's because I'm a crazy animal lover, and I hated how every single episode ended with Buttons getting scolded and being told, bad dog, bad dog. And I'm like, no, don't call Buttons a bad dog. Buttons is a good dog. And that's just, oh, my God, that just made me so depressed every time. The slapstick in it was great, but yeah. I didn't like seeing that ending every time. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. It's like it's almost like a one-time gag. You know, it's like, do you have to do it the same way every time? You know, I even got that way when I used to watch old Tom and Jerry. I say, does Jerry always have to win? I mean, can't just Tom just eat him up once? <laughs> you know, uh, just to make it different, like, you know, have a different where the dog wins instead of the kid, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's why I love the Tom and Jerry's where it's very back and forth. You know, Jerry gets a hit, Tom gets a hit, Jerry gets a hit, Tom gets a hit. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, Jerry's probably going to win, but still, it's more fun when it's balanced out like that. Right, right. And you can say that about any cartoon, you know. And also, it just kind of is more... Um, unexpected for lack of a better term if uh suddenly you know you go oh yeah she's going to get scolded again blah 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 oh she didn't this time wow <laughs> you know but hey <laughs> um what other cartoons are you currently favoring we can come back to the animaniacs but i was just kind of curious what you, uh, what your current tastes are well uh since you know, we're on the topic of the reboots and such. Uh, I have also been getting into the modern uh, Disney stuff. I've mm -hmm. uh, been crazy about the DuckTales reboot, but I think that's partially because I adore David Tennant as Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a Doctor uh, Who fan, too? Okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> oh, I actually, I always get made fun of him because here's the thing. I am not a huge Doctor Who fan. Oh, okay. I'm an adamant fan, not a huge one. Um, I lived in London for a bit. Uh -huh. I was studying over at Imperial College. And while I was over there, David Tennant was in a BBC miniseries on Casanova. Mm. And I saw that when I was over. And this was ages ago before he was cast as the Doctor. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just was totally crazy about that miniseries. And then when I came back over to the States, he got cast as the Doctor and everyone's talking about how great he is and how funny he is, and I got to, and I got to have my little hipster moments. Like I liked him before he was doctor. <laughs> uh, did that series that you're referring to? Did the, you know, there's so many shows that get imported and exported nowadays. Did that one ever make it to the U.S. or no? Pretty sure it did. I okay. never watched it again, but I've had enough people say that they've seen it. That. It has to have been imported some, at least okay. at some point. I mean, it, I, I, I have to say it's hard for me to keep up with everything nowadays. There's way too many things. And so, you know, um, 
Yeah, that's why I'm asking you, what's good on the cartoons? I have seen a couple episodes of the new DuckTales, so I'm aware of it. Um, so uh, We also have the new uh, wonderful, world of, wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, which is interesting because Mickey Mouse has been doing about five years of new animated shorts online, uh, kind of combining the old style of the comic books with modern-day animation, and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... And they were just doing these shorts at random, and now they're doing a show, but it's the shorts. So the shorts are now just a little bit longer, and they're in this show format. Mm-hmm. So been watching that as well. Only a few episodes have come out at the time of recording this. Uh, I am going to be talking about that show actually on another podcast, the Rattlelich and Broadcasting Network. We're going to be discussing that. I think either next month or early January, depending on our schedule, which okay. has been, re- you know, just retooled so many times. Let me put it this way. The schedule has been reshuffled every single time we hear a movie studio said, oh, okay, we're delaying a release again. <laughs> hmm. Now explain that. Maybe I didn't understand you. Is, uh, the shorts, the shorts that are now the same shorts compiled into half-hour blocks, or is like just the shorts that they're making now are longer? It's new shorts that they're making a little longer. Oh, I get it. Okay, the, got it. But it's the same style and same concept. It's okay. Mickey, Minnie, Daisy, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, and Pete in different situations. Right. So. And... No, but it is very enjoyable. It's great animation. Uh, it's also the first time we're hearing Minnie's news voice actor. I Sadly, Rusty Taylor died I believe it was last year yeah, I think she yeah. passed away. So this is our first time hearing Minnie's new voice actress, and she seems to be doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. So It's kind of funny, though, just as an aside, and we're, I'm writing a book about uh, stars of Walt Disney Productions, and this is only through the end of Walt Disney Productions, so we're talking mid-'80s. But... Okay. Uh, I originally was not going to put the cartoons because I said, oh, that's just way too many people. And then I realized I have way too many people anyway. So, I'd, And a lot of the live-action people actually did cartoon voices as well. So I said, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll put everything. And then I learned something from it. It's like I never really thought about who had done many over the years, if it was one person or four people or, you know, it was Walt Disney for 10 years or whatever. Now, Walt <laughs> Disney was originally the one, but then there was like four or five actresses that had done it over the years, and I didn't know that, you know, so they never really had a uh, a steady person, per se, that lasted. I think the longest one, and forgive me, her last name was Boardman. I think it was Teresa Boardman or something, and she did it uh, predominantly during the 30s. And then in the 40s, they had somebody else. But uh, uh, the one that you just said, Tress McNeil, is that her name? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Russie Taylor. Russie Taylor. I knew I said the wrong name. <laughs> sorry. A brain fart. <laughs> and you just nah. said the name, too. Russie Taylor, I think, did it longer than anybody, and which was like 30 years or something to that effect, you know, so... Um, yeah. Not to mention the fact that she was married to the previous uh, Mickey voice, Wayne. Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, Wayne Alwyn. Yes. He's in my book too, because <laughs> he started voicing a Mickey back in the New Mickey Mouse Club in 1977. So that was his wow. first Mickey job, and that was before they were married. Before she st- took on Minnie. I think she did Minnie first, if I remember Mickey's Christmas Carol in '83. So. Oh, okay. 
Anyway, so. Oh my God, that came out. Jeez, now I feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it makes me feel old when the, you know, even going back to the Animaniacs for a second, you know, it's like, you know, they're all making all these 90s references. Well, wasn't it the 90s like last week? No, it's getting to be 20 to 30 years now. Ah! Anyway, <laughs> and even on the show, they said, you know, we've been in deep freeze for 22 years or something like that. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like we've run out of jokes about the 90s. <laughs> um, let's see, what other cartoons? Are you watching the new Looney Tunes that are on HBO Max? Yes, actually. Uh, uh, the Rattletown Broadcasting Network, we also discussed uh, that one, mm -hmm. which I admit it, I was on, split on the fence on because the jokes were good uh, and the characters were good, but some of the jokes I felt like they pushed it a little too far. Like, you ever been watch something and it's like you should have just cut the joke a line early and then it would have been a lot funnier? Yeah. They yeah. do that a lot with the new Looney Tunes show. Yeah. And. I hate to admit because this is such a cop-out line, but the animation looked like it borrowed way too heavily from the Spunko style of Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Which, I don't know if it was supposed to. I thought it was supposed to be more like Clampett, but then, of course, John and Chris Felusi always said, I love uh, Bob Clampett stuff, you know, so... I yeah, because yeah, I remember reading an article saying they were going to borrow from, you know, take more from Clampett's inspiration. But I'm watching this, and I'm like, did you guys seriously just con confused on how much Kirk uh, John Kay took from Clampett's style? <laughs> I mean, all the humans have the jelly bean eyes, and all the humans have the veins in their neck, and the those uh, the fat noses. That's very uh, much so his style. Yeah, and it's distracting. And I remember thinking, I don't want to say this is a Spunko ripoff style because, again, that's a cop out line. So many people see animation, and if it's too very uh, rubber hose, a little too squash and stretch or something, they say, "Oh, that's too Ren and Stimpy." Yeah, it's like, no, I don't want to say that, but that's really what they went for. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Yeah, unfortunately, that seems to happen a lot in cartoons. You know, they'll get like. Um uh, on a tangent, if it's not Ren and Stimpy, it'll be like the more recent one. Uh, I don't know if these guys are the first, but I, I call it this, the, the Steven Universe look, which is kind of like yes. this weird kind of pseudo-anime look, but not really, you know, and uh, they've adapted yeah. that in a lot of different cartoons, and I'm like, we can stop that one now. <laughs> yeah, everything's so round. Everyone looks like they're circles. Yeah. It, it's very bizarre. Yeah. You see, you especially see that in ugh, Shudder, the Thundercats Roar reboot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah. god, that looks so bad. <laughs> Has that been on yet? Because, you know, some things I miss, so is that one on yet, or no? I found uh, the first two episodes online. Okay. I don't know if it's actually aired, but I watched it and was going, oh, my God, my precious lion. Oh, what have they done to you? <laughs> well, I wasn't, you know, a huge, huge fan of the original Thundercats, but then at the same time, to totally revamp and reboot it where it uh, looks totally unrecognizable, I mean... Uh, going back to Anime X again, we'll do this a lot. You know, that was one thing that surprised me. It's like... It almost, not quite, probably about 95% looks like the old show. You know, like if you just put a random clip on, if it wasn't topical or anything, I'd probably say, oh, that's from the old show. And, 
you know, and I was getting in the conversation I had with Matt last week. He was explaining how they did the animation. It's not flash animation, but some other. I already have forgotten what he said, but it, it, it's a, a better technique to do uh, consistent animation. Although mm-hmm. it kind of uh, freeze frames the person's expression on their face, so if they have a smile, they just have this permanent grin on their face or something. That is the way he was explaining it. I was like, hmm. Oh well, but apparently there's more flexibility, so that's why the Animaniacs came out pretty fluid instead of that kind of. I don't know. It, the comparison I said was like the uh, the doctors, the the cat in the hat knows that or whatever that show is, you know, where the ha- the cat in the hat kind of bounces on every frame, and it's kind of annoying because of that. Oh <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, and, and and most flash animations kind of that way, where the heads kind of bounce unless you kind of keep it under control. So mm-hmm. anyway going off on a tangent but <laughs> uh any other shows you like uh, let's see here trying to think of what other shows i've been watching lately uh i hate to admit because of how much i have to review for the rattledge and broadcasting network a lot of times it's like so what are you watching whatever they want me to review next well, what stuff do they have your review that uh, you can go there tell me what you don't like <laughs> Okay, fine. Uh, uh, it's probably a longer action. list, I bet. <laughs> uh, it's live action, but we did, did uh, just did oh, a fine. review for uh, Hellstrom on Hulu. Hmm. And the less said about that show, the better. All right. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, any good live action shows then? I mean, we don't have to stick with animation. <laughs> yeah, actually, we also just did a review of uh, all five, five and a half seasons of Lucifer. Had a lot to talk about there. That was enjoyable. Hmm. I don't think I've heard about that. Uh, of course, I don't keep up with the, everything. I mean, I just now watched the fifth season of Arrested Development. That shows you how far behind I get. So, <laughs> and I still haven't watched any of Shit's Creek except for the first couple episodes, and then the, now it's winning all the awards. So, you know, there we go. So, um, so what, is, what is what is Lucifer about, and should I watch it? Um, I enjoyed it. It's a live action show. The idea is that what if the devil decided he wanted to take an extended vacation uh, from his job in hell? And he just set up, basically uh, opened up a nightclub in Los Angeles. (laughs) Okay. Is it supposed to be a comedy or supposed to be straight? Um, It's a a bit of a comedy, bit of a drama. Uh, he He ends up working with a police detective that he forms a bond with and it's got some really good laughs. A lot of the fun is very much the fish out of water concept. It's it's hilarious because Lucifer makes no qualms about the fact that he's the devil, but everyone just assumes he's some eccentric person who's just like, eh, that's just what he says. Who cares? It's he's not. No one. It's like he he never lies to anyone. He always says, yeah, I'm the devil. I came from hell. No one <laughs> believes him. Um, any celebrity of any note note in it? Well, Tom Ellis plays the devil, and he's always a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I heard he's actually up for the role of Mister Sinister once the uh, uh, once uh, Fox and the MC- or I'm sorry, once uh, Disney and the MCU figure out what they're going to do with Fox and the X Men. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, and uh, what other things have you recommended or? Uh, don't recommend you know i'm always curious about what people say about new shows since i don't keep track of everything <laughs> uh, i've been watching
watching a lot of the new stuff on Disney lately. I've been watching uh, The Owl House. It's one of their new series. Uh, it's from someone, a uh, woman who actually used to work on Gravity Falls, which is an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And The Owl House is pretty enjoyable. It's got great animation, very enjoyable characters. It's a lot of fun on that. Uh, terrific voice acting. Mm-hmm. So, it's really good. All right. <laughs> I hate to say it, I'm a Comic-Con vendor by trade, so I've been quarantined and living in, essentially living with nowhere to go since March. (laughs) So streaming services have been my friend. (laughs) Same with me, except silly me, I I have like stacks and stacks of DVDs that I haven't watched, and so I tend to play catch-up on shows from the the 50s, like I'm watching Danny Thomas show right now, <laughs> so I'm like, whoops, you know, so so much, it's going to take me 50 years to get caught up to what's going on now, I don't know, um, but I try to jump around and, and watch a little of everything, it's so, mm-hmm. it's so much harder now than it used to be, I mean, everybody used to be on the same page, and, you know, now it's like, oh, oh, you're recommending that show now, okay, I'll get to it some point, someday, <laughs> Comic Cons. I have so many people. I, I make. Uh, I make. I, do, I create handmade jewelry, and I do a lot of stuff based off of various fandoms. Mm-hmm. And I have people come up like, "Hey, do you have something from so and so, whatever?" And I'm just staring at them like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> well, <laughs> like, good. I'm glad I'm not the only is. one. You know, it's like, yeah, I always wonder about that uh, for artists and stuff. You know, yeah, draw me a picture of so and so. Uh, do you have a picture of so-and-so so we can see what so-and-so looks like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like there's only so many shows and so many movies and books and animes and everything that I can keep track of. Right. I'm only one person. Right. And I don't know if you know too much about my background, but, you know, I'm a big Harvey Comics fan, written books about that, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like... Uh, so I still keep up with what they're doing on newer stuff. So they did this uh, cartoon on um, uh, Netflix called Harvey Street Kids, which was called Harvey Girls Forever in the second through fourth season. And I doubt it. You might have watched it because you might have had to do a review on it, but I don't think anybody watched it, you know. But it somehow lasted four seasons, so. <laughs> no, I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, see. <laughs> well, I, I I can't necessarily recommend it. I mean, I actually liked it better the second and third season. I, I haven't watched the fourth one yet, to be honest. But uh, first season is a little bit clunky, and like a lot of these reboots, whereas Animaniacs, using that again as an example, is like pretty darn close to what used to come out in the '90s. This one takes great liberties with the characters. Um, like Little Dot comes out as African American, for example, and doesn't have any of her tendencies to being obsessed with dots. She just happens to wear a dot shirt, and her name happens to be Dot. Other than that, no, no similarity at all, you know. And so they've made total changes like that, and they do that a lot on these reboots. And I was like, why? Why do you even bother? You know? You know, it's like, um, it, it's like when they had the reboot of Hawaii Five O. I I used to like the original one a lot. And I saw the new one, and I go, yeah, it's all right, but, you know, why didn't they just call it Detectives in Hawaii? Why did they have to call it Hawaii Five O and and, you know, try to climb on the back of the, the, that old show that's great? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, I guess getting back to the Animaniacs. So, uh, what did you think of the new? Re- you, you said you've caught a couple of episodes so I've far. I've seen two or? episodes, and I know there's thirteen of them, but uh, I didn't want to watch all thirteen at once. I'm not a binge watcher like that. I can usually watch like two or three, and then I just kind of go, "That's enough," you know, <laughs> because I, I kind of want to savor it. I don't want to just watch it just because it's on and just. Uh, I mean, if it was no good, I probably would have gone through them all but it actually is decent um my complaints like i said is like the abandonment of the other characters um but at least they kept the character characters i liked you know um although i i don't know does the doctor or the nurse come back or are they gone too Scratch and Sh- Scratch and Sniff makes one appearance okay. uh, in the very last episode. Okay. Uh, Hello, Nurse. I think they make a reference that she's joined Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Which yeah, I believe is code for woke generation will not let us put this character back in this show. We have just simply written her out. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I mean, they could have just changed her around i guess and i could still do hello nurse but anyway um my favorite scene and i was watching this with my wife and uh she used to love the animaniacs too so she wanted to watch it with me so we watched the two episodes um of the two episodes which was so funny it was i loved it but it was so funny it was wrong uh was when they had the trump-like cyclops and rubbing the uh, pinky in the brain all around his body where the nipple was showing and everything like that. And oh, yeah. we were laughing hysterically, parody. but at the same time saying, this is so wrong. <laughs> yeah. But then I realized, oh, it does have a PG rating. So I guess they're kind of appealing more to uh, older viewers and screw the kids. If they don't know Ann Maniacs, screw them. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Or they're not going to win many converts that way. I don't know. That was just my thought of it. I didn't dislike it. I just was kind of surprised. I was like, whoa, that's a little bit extreme for this show. But, you know, hey, <laughs> you know. But. Nah, I, I, I enjoy it. The music in this is re- they've really done a good job. Uh, Randy Rogel, who was one of the songwriters for the original uh, yeah. series, he's come back. Obviously, uh, you know, the great Stoney Nee passed away some time ago, and no one's ever going to be able to duplicate how amazing his songs were. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the songs in this are still really good. I enjoy the. Uh, there's two songs in the. Um, uh, first episode, we have the one where they're talking about the things that have happened the last few years, and you get to the point where they say, well, you see, the it's like, we don't actually know what's going on right now, because the writers are writing this in 2018. Right, I saw that. And they're, yeah. Like, yeah, and they're like, so how are we going to be able to tell, you know, it's like, but Animaniacs real, is required, you know, people rely on us to know what's going on in the modern world. <laughs> what are we going to do? We don't know what's happened in the last few years. Guess. Okay, that yeah, works. Yeah, they start making it up, yeah, <laughs> which is very funny, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I, I, I didn't know if that's difficult to do or not, but I was very impressed that they still use full orchestrated cues, you know, for the background music, you know, because they could have gone on the cheap and just, you know, used piped-in synthesized crap like they sometimes do on on cartoons, but they actually went back and they have the, the marimbas and all the other instruments in the full orchestra, like... Uh, a good Warner Brothers cartoon or a good Animaniacs should. 
So that was good. Absolutely. <laughs> that, it is, that is right. I mean, one, yeah, you're right. One of the things that was so great about the, the golden era Warner Brothers sh- uh, TV shows was the use of the full orchestra for all of their shows. The music was so enjoyable. <laughs> and I love that they have gone back and put that much work into it. I, I really love the uh, the reboot song. That was the second song in the first episode. It's like, what is like, if studios want to make easy cash, just j- dig some stuff out of the trash. <laughs> You know, but so, like I said, I don't know how hard it is because back in the day when they're making the original Looney Tunes, I mean, that was just the studio orchestra that orchestrated for everything. So it was really no big deal to orchestrate for Termite Terrace. But now I don't know if they have to hire a, a separate orchestra and just bring them in specifically for cartoons or if Warner Brothers is smart enough to just keep them on the payroll. I don't know what they do with them. So... <laughs> Uh, I was heard that Steven Spielberg was very involved when Animaniacs was going through its original run, and I'd like to know how much he's involved in this one. If they say how he'd check in with the writers and he'd sit in on the studio uh, recordings and he'd you know talk to the staff and everything. So I'm, I'm just honestly curious how much he's uh, working with these guys now. Well, I don't. I, I, forgive my ignorance, but that wasn't him voicing his own caricature in the episode, was it? Or- <sighs> Uh, if it is, it, I can't find any credit that says it was, and Lord no, they, they did bring Frank Welker back as Ralph the Garden, and, and Welker has always done a very good Spielberg impression. Yeah. So, that's what I thought. I didn't think it was the real Spielberg, but you never know, you know, he could have actually done it. But, um, I think even in this time of quarantine, COVID and everything, Spielberg's probably kind of... Worried about uh, getting West Side Story done or something. I don't know what he's doing right now. <laughs> I don't know what he's working on now. I really don't. Well, that's what his last film was, but I don't know if he finished shooting it before everything shut down. So, you know. Oh, God. I didn't know if he was doing a remake. Yeah, he's of doing a, a remake of West Side Story. So, you know. And studios uh, want to make extra cash. Yeah. Just, it's like, just take old ideas and rehash. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. We yep. Really, yep, the, the, they were absolutely right. <laughs> I hate to say, one of the things I'm not too crazy about with the new Animaniacs, and it sounds weird, is the animation on the non-cartoon characters. Um, yeah. Yakko, Wacko, Dot, Pinky, and Brain all look great, all have really good animation, but some of the human characters, their expressions are just kind of weird. You know, we, we get this, we get Seth Meyer making an appearance in one of the earliest episodes, and I get that they're trying to do like that awkward smile he does, but it just looks creepy. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Odysseus in uh, the, the one you're talking about with uh, the Trump uh, Cyclops, and he, they just draw him so bizarrely. It, it's just kind of weird. And I, I hate to say, I just feel like it doesn't mesh, mesh well with. Uh, the, the style of the uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dots. Yeah, I guess yeah. they have different people doing the model sheets, and they're not trying to fit it in, I guess, for lack of a better term. I don't know. It's like, it is kind of awkward. It's, it's, it's like that, um, uh, what was that? <laughs> I can't even think of the name of it. That, that, that uh, it was a cartoon show that was a while back that uh, had all these different animated styles uh, all together. Uh, oh, drawn together. That's what it was called. It was oh, like a reality right. show. You yeah. Know, it wasn't the greatest show, but I liked the concept more than the execution. But, you know, oh, that, sure. t- that type of thing. You know, it was like, you know, they had different styles in the same cartoon. That's what it sounds like on, on the Santa Maniacs. But it seems like they just don't spend the time. They figure, 
Oh, people don't care about the peripheral characters. They only care about the main ones. We'll just keep them drawn well. I don't know. You know. <laughs> and honestly, I really disagree with that, not only with the fact that, yeah, these new characters, the animation's bizarre, but I don't like that we're, we're getting introduced to these other peripheral characters, but we're not getting any development out of them. Uh, we have a new CEO, Warner Brothers. They got rid of Thaddeus Plots, and we have this new uh, female uh, CEO. Right. But we don't really see her that often, and we know very little about I can't even remember her name. Yeah, and she has you no... Per she has no personality other than she's, you know, a person of color. That's all you, you know, basically your only distinguishing feature, which is not necessarily bad, but give us more. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, give yeah. us a, like a, a personality quirk or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why we liked having uh, Scratch and Sniff and Hello Nurse and Ralph Lagarde and Thaddeus Plaza. They were really uh, fun characters who you know, bounced off of Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. They weren't just the straight characters who were constantly their foibles. They interacted with them, and they all meshed well. Here, the Warners are carrying the entire series. I think we have, besides uh, this new CEO and Ralph the Guard, we have one other reoccurring character who appears in two cartoons. Um, uh, he's shows up in the one where... Uh, the Warners are competing in the Olympic Games and then shows up again at the end when they're at a store trying to buy a soda. He's a Swedish athlete, and I think the notes on him were, do your worst Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. <laughs> uh, looking forward to it. <laughs> no, I will eventually see all the episodes, but, you know, I, I, I would say overall I would give the series what I've seen so far a B+. I would too. Again, I think that there's a lot that they can do in future series. I, I know this is going to get picked up for a second season without question. And I'm really hoping that they do try to, you know, give us more of these, especially with the fact that we do not have our other characters like Slappy Squirrel, Good Feathers, Brita, and Run, and all of them. We cannot have this show where it's just the Warners and Pinky and the Brain carrying everything. Yeah. You know, I want to see these, it's, these other characters, like the CEO, she, there's the potential there. She could be really funny. Yeah. And we could have some new, uh, some, see some more of the antagonists that we've had. I'd like to see them build these characters up a little bit more and bring them back for some more episodes. Yeah. Well, I don't even understand why they, you know, we were mentioning Sla Slappy Squirrel. They can't even be in there, you know, just visually. I mean, they had that one uh, thing about uh, give car give giving cartoons the votes, and you had all these Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters and Bugs Bunny, too. But, you know, all the Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera characters all showing up, and none of them spoke, but they're there. So, I mean, certainly you can have some of the regular Animaniacs show up visually if they can't speak. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. There's an there's because you haven't seen the whole thing. I can't say any spoilers. Uh, okay. But there's an episode that maybe kind of sorta explains maybe what happened to the other characters. Okay. Let, let, let me just ask you this. Okay. Um, you, you like I said you said you you know you're a pretty big fan of the classic uh, Animaniacs. Yeah. Out of all the character shorts, who would you say was the le was your least favorite? Which was the character short when it showed up? You're like, okay, gotta go get a drink. Well, like I said, the hip hippos were probably the least favorite for me. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I'm not a fan of the hip hip bows either, but I think that's partially because I have known way too many uh, couples who, who were like that. <laughs> like, I don't need to see this characteristic in hip bows. I see this characteristic in my parents' friends. <laughs> No, you can go ahead and spoil it. I, I don't mind. Well, who was it? You know, there's an episode where a big game hunter goes after the Warners and reveals that he has taken down all the other characters <laughs> and mounted their head on a wall. But in the end, it's Chicken Boo in a disguise. Oh, <laughs> he went after them because they wouldn't let him on the show, and they say flat out that Chicken Boo was the least popular character on the show and that's why he wanted revenge yeah see chicken boo you know a lot of people didn't like that character i mean i was explaining again on the last episode i used to be do you know what an appa is a what an appa apa uh can't say i do okay yeah i was i mean i'm, I'm I, assuming you're not talking about the character from avatar the last no no no, no no an appa <laughs> is like what predated the internet in a certain respect but in, in real life uh <laughs> Uh, is everybody had their opinions about TV shows and animation and stuff like that. And uh, what you do is write an article about, uh, you know, whatever you want. So let's say this was back in the 90s and before the Internet really took off and we were writing about the Animaniacs. So uh, I would write my piece, it would be two or three pages, and I'd make 30 photocopies of it. And you'd write your piece, two or three pages or whatever, and make 30 photocopies. And then all of us would mail those 30 copies to one person who would uh, bind them and collate them and staple them all together and remail them back out to everybody else. This is in the days before, you know, emails and everything like that. This is the stuff we did. And it was called an APA, which stands for Amateur Press Association. I was um, I was a member of one called WTFB, which stood for Where the Fun Begins, well, you know, for the Disney Afternoon. But we'd talk about other cartoons and stuff like that. Um, what was my point of bringing that up? Oh, because of Chicken Boo. So, you know, we'd talk about, you know, Animaniacs really back then. And, you know, yeah, it's like a couple people didn't like Chicken Boo, but I realized, you know, and a couple other people realized that, yeah, we kind of like that character. It's so quirky and weird that I actually like it. <laughs> you know? I wouldn't like it on every episode, but just because it just popped up periodically, had no voice, and just was kind of there, it was just kind of bizarrely funny in that w way. You know, whereas, exactly. Whereas, like, yes. Hip Hippos were never funny. They're just annoying. And it's like, get off my TV, or I'll just go and get a drink right now. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never quite understood the hatred for Chicken Boo, mostly because the, the argument against Chicken Boo is always, it's the same joke every time. Well, you could say you that know? about every Animaniacs segment, really, but, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you have, it's like, it's like, yeah, same thing with Pinky and the Brain. They try to take over the world, something goes wrong, <laughs> they go back to the lab. Yeah, same thing with Chicken Boo. The, the, the joke isn't. You know, the punchline, the joke is how the punchline is discovered. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, it's a totally different, it's a totally different style of humor. But yeah, I never did quite get the hatred for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to like the mime that used to appear on, uh, Freakazoid all the time, you know, and some people hated that character, you know, and it's like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> you know, I think people don't like silent characters. That's what it is. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, I was like, 
liked good idea, bad idea, that idea with the skeleton. Yes. That was a good one. Yeah. Again, that was just so random. <laughs> and, and when, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. When all these started coming out on DVD, Freakazoid is what I got first. So it's like even long before Pinky and the Brain, long before Animaniacs. And it's like, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I love Freakazoid. That's. Again, it's such crazy meta humor, but it's also humor that not everyone's going to get. Yeah. And I, yeah. I appreciate it. Not everyone's going to appreciate when Freakazoid suddenly breaks the fourth wall and starts talking like, um, oh, my God, what's his Jerry Lewis? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was in heaven. And, and you know, it's like and there's the one episode where they go to the San Diego Comic Con. And I was going during those years. And, you know, it, it, it just was, like, perfect. In fact, we watched it. Somebody had taped it off the air, and we watched it in the hotel room that night. <laughs> That's where I first saw it, because we had missed, I think, I don't know when, I think it did air. I think they timed it so that it would air close around, or maybe I hadn't seen it yet or something. I don't remember. But, you know, they had got it on a tape. They just taped it off the air, and, yeah, we were all watching in the hotel room laughing hysterically. It's like they got it. Just exactly how it is, you know. But anyway. No, wait, was that the one where they see Mark Hamill, or that was that the one where Cave Guy runs from the Duke? Cave Guy, Cave Guy, yeah, it's Cave Guy one. Yeah, it's like you, it's like you <laughs> created a language based off of a TV show. That's not right. Cave Guy. <laughs> and I died. That was great. But I mean, and that's what made me fall in love with Freaky. So I mean, I had already seen it, but I mean, that was where I was like, I got to get every episode. So it's like, yeah, and um, I don't think. That one ever made it to videotape, you know, so it's like if you wanted it, you had to tape it off the air, you know, and it's like, yeah, and uh, then when, like I said, when they put it on DVD, I said, mine now, <laughs> I don't care how much yes, it costs. exactly. Anyway. <laughs> no, I think my favorite episode, because so I was the one where he goes back to uh, Pearl Harbor. Mm hmm. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but the hula girls jump out just gets me. It's like, oh, hula girls. Hula girls. Boys, hula girls. <laughs> 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 <Every time>. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to pull those out again and watch them again. Okay. <laughs> hula girls. <laughs> and I've, been, I've been binging Looney Tunes on HBO Max while I've been working the last few days. I may have to switch up to Freakazoid. <laughs> I hope they don't make new ones of those because I don't know they would probably do it wrong. You know, you know, the, there, there's something about Freakazoid that was like its own thing. I mean, in a certain respect, I think they're trying to bring the Animaniacs mentality into like the Batman, the New Adventure, or whatever. You know, <laughs> you know that type of world, but it kind of didn't hit the the proper nerve for the average person. I mean, for you and I, obviously, we love it. But, you know, it's like, otherwise it would have lasted longer, in my thought. But anyway. No, and unfortunately, uh, I've heard that they're talking about rebooting Tiny Tunes now. So, uh, yeah. fingers crossed that they don't decide to just reboot the entire Steven Spielberg encyclopedia there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know, knock on wood. Yeah. I'll give it a chance. But like I said, you know, Tiny Tunes... I don't know. You know, I think the later episodes probably got to where uh, they should have been in the first place, but it just rubbed me the wrong way in the first the first season or so, and so it never, I never embraced it as much as the later Warner Brothers shows. But eh, maybe. I, I was in middle school when it came, like late elementary school, early middle school came out, so I was the target demographic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same way. You know, I say things to to other people about, you know, certain movies and stuff like that. And I go, 
you know, unfortunately, I was 18 when this came out. Unfortunately, I was 25 when this came out. You know, it's like, because, like, you probably love this movie, so here's a good example. It's like, I don't get the love for the Goonies example, you know. Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Because I was 18 when it came out, and it's like, I didn't care. I mean, I saw it, and I said, eh, okay. But I could see, yeah, if I was a little kid, I probably would have liked it, you know, but I wasn't, so. <laughs> anyway, um, some things don't wear that way. I mean, granted, Animaniacs, was, I was a total adult when, you know, I was like 22 or 23 when that first aired, but, you know, it's like. Hey, they did it right, so I loved it. And, you know, again, when I watched it again, hey, they did it right, so I'm loving it so far, you know, so I'll have to see the rest. But I don't want them to overdo it. I always get worried about that now. You know, I didn't then. It's like, yeah, more, 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 make 10 years of this. You know, now I'm like, yeah, 13's enough, you know. Hey, let's stop before we get it, before it goes bad. <laughs> but... Well, see, what's interesting about these uh, with the Animaniacs reboot is again they didn't bring back any of the other old characters, but there are like three segments where they're trying to introduce new characters. But these things are so meta and abstract that again they scream freakazoid. Hmm. It, um, there's one. Uh, it's a loud, obnoxious troll that or gnome that lives in people's mouths. Hmm. And it's and there's another one where it's and there's these this alien invasion has started, and the first alien has landed and he's supposed to signal the other aliens to invade Earth, but this alien is very small and he gets picked up by a little girl, and she is playing with him and she won't let him get back to his spaceship. Hmm. Interesting. It, 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 like I said, they're very surreal. Mm -hmm. I, I hate to say, it, but the one with the alien, I am. 90% convinced some writer on the staff just has a little girl, has a daughter very young, and they just followed her around and recorded what she was playing and decided to write a show around it. <laughs> Sounds like what the South Park did, guys did, you know, with uh, what's the do the kid's name? Uh, but the the younger brother of one of them. You Ike. Know, yeah, Ike, yes. You know, because I think I think, didn't they just go around with a recorder and just record anything he said, and that's what they used for Ike's voice, you know? You know I think so. That's what I heard, at least initially. I don't know about later on, but anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, since you're quarantining all these years, what do you normally do? I mean, you said you go to San Diego. Do you do a lot of conventions under normal circumstances? And are you, what type of art do you do, just out of curiosity? Well, like I said, I uh, make jewelry. We actually uh, repurpose old game pieces Ooh, cool. into new jewelry accessories. We have uh, necklaces that are made out of old uh, polyhedral dice. We have barrettes that are made of old Scrabble tiles. I've got bracelets made from Monopoly and Clue pieces. <sighs> uh, we actually just launched a brand new line of, bra of charm bracelets that are made from old Operation uh, pieces. Hmm. Now, where do you uh, get it? Do you just buy brand new games and tear them apart or do you go like <laughs> thrift stores and grab anything you can find ebay ebay <laughs> hours upon hours on ebay <laughs> now do you sell any of your uh, crafts or anything on uh on ebay or etsy or any of these uh, sites like that we have two shops one is on etsy one is on uh, handmade uh by, handmade at amazon 
Uh, the name of the store is Honeysuckle Rose Creations, and the week we're recording this is the week of uh, Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, everything in our sh- in both the shops are currently twenty percent off. Okay. So, of course, yeah, by the time funny. this goes up, which will probably be about mid-December, since we're a little bit backlogged on episodes. Uh, uh, will you have any specials around Christmas holiday? <laughs> yeah, actually, we okay. usually do run another sale uh, right after Christmas, between uh, Christmas Day and New Year's. For okay. all the people who got Etsy gift cards or checks for Christmas and then want to go splurge on stuff they've saved in right. their uh, search history. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you, uh, again, I'm also on the uh, Rattledge in Broadcasting Network. We're going to have a ton of shows coming out in uh, December, uh, that's part of the W2M network, which is found on all podcast catchers, including but not limited to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and where else you can listen to podcasts, including YouTube. <laughs> I, need, I need to get on Stitcher and uh, Spotify a little bit better, but I, I'm, I'm getting around. I, do, I am on iTunes and I am on YouTube, but anyway, <laughs> enough about me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, any other projects or anything you're working on currently? Again, this show's coming out in mid-December, so be sure to check back in with the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. We're going to talk about the Animaniacs uh, reboot on that one as well. Hold on a sec. <coughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat there. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. Uh, we're also going to be talking about, and I swear to God this is real, is uh, Mickey's Inferno. This is a comic book that was released in the 40s in Italy. I have got a copy uh, released in, that was you know, translated in English. I'm not joking. This is Dante's Inferno starring Mickey and Goofy as Dante and Virgil. I think I've heard of this before, but anyway. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that uh, come December. So you know, be sure to check back on our other network after that. And, of course... Uh, head on over for Honeysuckle Rose Creations. Uh, you can always find us also on Facebook, Instagram, and under duress Twitter. Okay. And, uh, and you keep saying we. Is we just the <laughs> – is it you and and yourself? Or <laughs> you do have a group of people that you're working with, and if you want to um, name names. <laughs> well, as far as – wait, when you say we, are you referring to my company or we as in the, the other – well, you, you said we on everything. It's like we do this, we do that. So, uh, okay. do you have other uh, people well, you're working my, with? <laughs> well, actually, my husband is my partner on uh, oh, cool. Honeysuckle Rose Creations. He runs my website for me. This is why you marry people who know computers, because I sure as hell don't. <laughs> and we also have a running gag that our dog, who I think you heard barking in the background earlier when I was trying to, when you we were talking earlier, I call him our uh, company's intern. Yeah, okay. So. Okay. So lots of we, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just kind of curious. If there, and on the podcast, uh, are you the sole person, or do you have other people on your show? Oh, I am so not the sole. I, I don't even <laughs> run the whole thing. The whole thing is run by uh, Mark Radulich. We've got a whole team of uh, other guests who frequent on the show. Uh, we're really hoping to get things to take off so then we can get advertisers, and then they can start paying me. That'd yeah. be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice for me, too. Anyway, I do have some advertisers, but, you know, it'll get there. Anyway, (laughs) Um, any final thoughts? I mean, you did your promotion or anything else you want to say today before I let you go? I think that's it. Again, guys, uh, go check out the Animaniacs reboot. Uh, Even though not all the jokes land and even though some of the animation is a little on the wonky side, it is still fun. There's still a lot of that same charm and imagination and humor that was in the original series. 
and I say it's definitely worth seeing. So go check it out. It's uh, currently on Hulu. And I agree. So three thumbs up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Alexis, for being a guest on Fun Ideas Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Alexis Haina, for being my special guest. Episode number 100 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2020, Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. Don't fall back Don't fall back Don't fall back